Howdy, y'all. <laughs> good to see you this morning. It's good to be back. It's good to see, what I would say, the familiar faces and faces I have not met before. But it's good to see you. You know, there are, um, at times as Christians, I find we surrender things and we don't even realize we are surrendering them. And, and I would say that oftentimes, as Christians, God has given us many things, but then when hard times come, one of the first things we often surrender is joy. And, and God, God, I believe, would say that is the one thing you can't afford to surrender no matter what you are going through. And I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures here. Boy, this is in your face, coming. <laughs> Try it out. There we go. Philippians. Now Paul is saying this. Now Paul, you read the life of Paul, he went through a lot. He was always being tortured, shipwrecked, everything was going on with him. But still, even while he was, he was in jail when he wrote this. And this is what he said in Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And we think, well, that is a big, that, that is a big ask for being locked up in a jail. And he's telling us, rejoice in the Lord always. But then he adds it and he says, and I will say it again, rejoice. Just the thought, you know, let's not surrender our joy. And Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And oftentimes the first thing thing that God gives us, that gives us our strength to face what we're going through is the joy. It's the joy of the Lord that comes from Him, not from ourselves, but from Him. Are you kind of on the same page a bit? We'll be moving on here. You, you know, um, I, I, work, I work with, like, like the young kids here, I work with some of the young kids at our church. I was with the Sunday school thing a few weeks ago, and I was sitting in the back row with a few of the young ones. I love them all. And, and, one, and the teacher at the front said, so now we're going to say a name, and it has five letters. <laughs> and you, you know, who is this? You know, who is this? And uh, one, one of the little kids says, it's Jesus. And the little girl sitting next to me said, it's always Jesus. It's always the answer. But I, but I thought, boy, you know, we know what she's talking about, but it was really quite profound because Jesus always is the answer. But um, I, I want to just start. Let's all say the name Jesus together. One, two, three. Jesus. Now let's say it with a big smile on our face. One, two, three. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. I tell you, it will awaken something in you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Almighty little God, Holy Savior of the world, Almighty King, it's hard to hold on to joy because it's so otherworldly. And we would ask, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and bring revelation to us of Jesus Christ. 
and bring us revelation of the joy and help us not to surrender it, but help us to walk in it every day. In Jesus, in your name, which sounds impossible to us, Lord, even help us in our faith to see what you are trying to tell us today, that your joy is our strength. We thank you, Father, for this time. Amen. Amen. Well, a few years ago, I was doing a, a holiday Bible club, club with all the kids, you know, 11 years old on down. And I went over to one of them, and she was over there by herself, and she was stapling all these pages together. And I said to her, and, and what, what is this you're stapling, girl? You know, I said her name. And, and she, she said, said, I wrote a book, and I'm stapling my book together. And I said, oh, can I see, can I see your book? So she held it up to me and showed me the front cover. The title of the book was Me, <laughs> M-E. I just thought that was so cool. And, and then I turned the page and it was, me as a mermaid. And she had a picture there. The next page, me as a fairy. Then she drew herself as a fairy. Then the other one, me as a movie actress. Me as a rock star. Me as a nurse. Me as a queen. And on and on. This was the whole book of the pages about me. I told her, this book is fantastic. I tell you, do you know what you've created here? This is a book everyone is writing in their head every day, but are afraid to put it down on paper. And you have the courage to put it down exactly what you're feeling. It's all about me. <laughs> That's what she was doing. I said, you are, I, I love your book. I said, you should write one about your brother. My brother in jail, you can have the book. <laughs> My brother falling off a cliff. No, I shouldn't say that. And I told her, I love this book, and I love you. And then she went skipping away, you know. Years ago, I wrote a poem. I called it the Autobiography of the Two-Legged Humanoid. Now, if you don't know what a two-legged humanoid is, that, that is us. We are two-legged humanoids. And this is but what I would call the history of the human race. Do you want to hear my poem? Yeah. Slap, sob, me? Me, 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 I, me, mine, mine, me, 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 sob, slap. <laughs> <laughs> life on the street, isn't it? That's it in a nutshell, the autobiography of everybody. The me book doesn't need a publisher because everybody's already reading it. We're already writing it. And I'm sure many of us are adding new pages to the me book every day. Me in a palace or dreams. Me driving a Lamborghini. Me in control, me holding the power, me winning the lottery, me, me, me. We put it on Facebook, you know, me having an Ulster fry. As if anybody really cares, <laughs> you know? Or, or let me take another selfie of me. <laughs> However, your me book will never become a bestseller 
You know why? Because it's all about you and not about me. <laughs> this sermon is about catching the joy and the joy of the Lord. And you know, joy is not happiness. I'm not talking about happiness because we all know happiness has to do with their circumstances. It's dependent upon that. But joy is a gift from God for every Christian who has the Holy Spirit living in them. And I would say the only thing that marks a Christian is the Holy Spirit in you. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you are a Christian. If the Holy Spirit isn't in you, then you are yet to become a Christian. And the only way you get the Holy Spirit is by faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only way. But you know, joy for the Christian is offered all throughout the Bible. And it's, not, it's something God doesn't hold back on. We, we may think he just dumps it here and there now and then. But that's not it. He's given joy all the time. It's something that God has. And he wants us to have it. And he wants us to walk in joy every day. Because it is it is what gives us our strength to fulfill all he's called us to do. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's like a fountain of laughter we carry inside of us. And I, I know it's hard, and I'll get into some things here. But it is a reality. The joy of the Lord is a reality. But it's usually one of the first things we surrender because we just, whatever, the world tries to knock it out of us, doesn't it? It's not connected to us, it's connected to him. Let's say the name once more, but with a smile on our face. Jesus, a bigger smile. Jesus, come Lord Jesus. You know, we don't own joy. We can't create it. We can't cage it. We can't wear it as a badge for good behavior because it's not ours. And it never will be. The joy of the Lord is the Lord's. This is the joy we're talking about. It's His. But He wants to share it with us every day. Starting right now in this lifetime, in spite of all our circumstances. You know, and I'm not talking about airy-fairy things here. Like everybody here, we've all gone through hard times. And I'm finding the reality of joy through it all. So why does it seem at times so hard to find? Well, the main reason is because most of the time we spend our, our lives reading and writing the wrong book. We're always living in the me book. And we spend our life looking for happiness, which is based on our circumstances. And we lose out on the joy of the Lord, which is based on Him, not on me. To walk in the joy of the Lord, we have to lay down the me book and pick up the book called Him, H-I-M, Jesus. And you know the Him I'm talking about. I think we need to start, what I find you start reading and start writing new pages in our history with Jesus. And there's where the joy comes from. And this is where the fountain of joy in our life erupts. 
happiness is, is not where we gain our strength. It's the joy of the Lord that gives us the strength. And you may be thinking, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say. If you only knew what I am going through right now, you wouldn't be joyful. And I can relate to that, and I can understand that. Life is hard, and then you die. There's no doubt about it. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. He had trouble. He had big troubles. But he said, take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Now we know Jesus, who is a source of joy, wasn't always laughing throughout his life. We know at the Garden of Gethsemane. But he wasn't, when he, even in Gethsemane, though, he wasn't fallen into the depths of despair and given up hope. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, his book, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of, of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy set before him, he endured all the circumstances he was going through. The me book is not where we find our strength to face each day. Jesus was always looking, walking, and it, it, the Bible even says he had joy more than any other person on earth through all that he went through. It was the joy that sustained him. Sometimes we could say, well, do I have a right to be full of joy? I mean, I mean it's not right to start laughing when somebody around you is having a hard time. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah, yes, we'll pray for someone who's having a hard time and, and we'll show them the love of God and, and we'll help them. But when I walk away, I am not going to surrender my joy because someone doesn't have it. Does that make any sense? There, there's a... First thing we usually surrender is our joy. Do I have a right to have joy when children are starving in the world? Do I have, have a right to be joyful when people are dying of plagues throughout, throughout the world and in our cities? Do, do I have a right to? And the answer is yes. You have a right to have the joy of the Lord. We don't just have the right, but it's our inheritance and it's God's witness to Belfast that there is a God and he's worth serving and dedicating our lives for. I, I find it difficult at times to see angry Christians talking to people on the street about Jesus. I don't think that's what people are looking for. They want to see, is there real life there? Is there something worth having? And it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength, not our weeping, not our inward struggle, not even our compassion. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. We do more good motivated by the joy of the Lord than we do carrying around the sorrow of the world. 
God called us to serve him in joy, not in heaviness, not, 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 not in, um, oh, woe is me, if I could only get through to the other side. We persevere in joy. If we let this world dictate and define our emotional state, which we often do, we will never rise above what we have to face as individuals and, and as a community of faith. We have to rise above the, th the things that are going on around us because we are not of this world. In the Bible, that's what it tells us of Christians. You are not of this world. Jesus said, I am not of this world. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's from another place. And our source of life and joy and everything comes from there, not from down here. And we got to bring what's up there down here. But people won't see that there's joy in serving the Lord if we let this world dictate to us how we're going to feel and how we're going to react in this world. The world is not energized by the joy of the Lord, but we are. And we are not of this world. Paul and Silas, they didn't have an easy time of it. And... Uh, but, but, but what they went through, they faced with joy. It wasn't, oh, woe is me. You, you know, they already laid that me book down. It says in Acts chapter 16, thank you, Lord. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped. And here they were in front of the crowd. They're being riled against, they're, you know, and they're, and they're going to jail. And so what do they do? They strip them. Would you like that? In front of the storm, if there was a crowd there, and all of a sudden, suddenly the crowd rebels, they're going to throw you in jail, but first they strip you naked in front of everybody? If I was reading from the me book, I, that book would probably burst into flames and I would say, shoot me now. You know, this is more than I, than, than I can take. I cannot do this, you know. But if I'm holding the book about him, Jesus, and my eyes are set upon him, I would honestly think, yes, I will be humiliated for you, Jesus. And I tell you, that is where the joy will come from. It's not based on my circumstances, but it comes from him. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He is the source, not me. But let's go back to the book of Acts with Paul and Silas. It says, the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. That would be in the cell where there was no sunshine. There was no window. It'd be completely dark, wet, cold, crazy in there. And they were chained to the wall in prison. And then it says, and then about midnight. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Then about midnight. Well, all the other prisoners and guards started to hear something coming from that cell. And you know what it was? It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. 
Paul and Silas, and in spite of all those circumstances, they were receiving the joy of the Lord. And they were singing these hymns. And this was a witness to everyone in that whole jail because they were listening. They weren't listening to, oh, woe is me. Why am I down here in this jail? Why is all these bad things happening to me? No, they were probably singing the, the Psalms, like 28, 7, where it says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. You can see why I'm not on, the, on any worship team. My, my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. And these were the things, and these were the things they were singing while they were there in the prison. And that's when the miracles started. And, and I won't go into the detail. You could read it in the book of Acts. People were saved. The jailer came to the Lord and the prisoners came to the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not my wallowing in worry or despair because of my circumstances. And, and I, I often have to fight it militantly myself to stay in this place. And, and, and But I, I often say to myself, I will not let circumstances or worry or the demons dictate my attitude or my feelings in this life because my source is not from down here, it's from up there and it is from him. I will live in the joy of the Lord. A different realm. Paul even said, for the kingdom of God, it's what we live in, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Of all the three things he could have said of what it is to live in the kingdom, joy is in there. We cannot surrender our joy because of what we go through. Paul tore up the me book and now he only lives for Christ. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. But he wasn't looking to me. He was looking Christ. He's in me. That's where the joy comes from. You, you know, I, I think I may have said this a few years ago here. And this will just seem crazy. But, but one day... Matter of fact, I thought about it for quite a few weeks and I thought, I just really want to surrender this me thing because it's hard to escape yourself, isn't it? <laughs> In our minds. And, and I was thinking, man, one, one day when the collection plate came around, they used to pass around the collection plate, and I thought, thought, Lord, I surrender all. So I just picked up my wallet through the whole thing in the collection plate. Don't know if that was wise or not. <laughs> it had had all my money in it, had my credit cards, had my driver's license, photos, you know, almost everything thing, thing that, that you would hold for your life. And I threw it in that collection plate and I said, there it is, man. <laughs> but you know, when I left the church, I just smiled and started laughing. I started to feel the joy of the Lord. It was almost like a freedom. It's not about me anymore. I surrender all, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it wasn't, I don't know what my pastor or anybody thought when they saw that in the collection plate. I didn't give them my pin number. I maybe I should put that, <laughs> put that in there. They probably thought, boy, this guy's really off the wall. 
It wasn't until a year later he just saw me and he handed me the wallet. Didn't say a word, just gave it back to me. But I already had to get new cards and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I am not going to be led by this world. I belong to another kingdom. Amen. <laughs> and I'm not going to let the devil or my circumstances or world events dictate to me how I should feel and react. I guard my heart. I guard my thoughts. I am not going to allow the devil or this world steal, kill, and destroy or stamp out what I get from Jesus in heaven. And that's the joy of the Lord. And that's what gives me strength to go through the day. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You know, and I, I love this in the King James. It says, in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. You know, that, that would be laughter. That, that would be, yes, man, it's beyond anything. Key to joy, get in and stay in the presence of God and think God thoughts and do God things. And you will start experiencing the joy of the Lord. And when you don't have the joy, I would say one of the first things is, we probably need to get closer to Jesus. In his presence is the fullness of joy. You know, sometimes we concentrate on the mission the Lord gave us. And sometimes it becomes a duty. When ministry becomes a duty, then somehow we have drifted from Jesus. No matter how good the ministry may seem. Because it's the joy that gives us the strength to do it. The author and finisher of our faith. And, and the, it's the joy of the Lord that keeps ministry exciting and keeps it alive. Not our determination or our knowledge how to get something done. And joy is contagious. Grumpiness just puts people off. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to be grumpy. But it just puts people off. And people would say, Do I want to become a Christian? When they look at our face. I mean, just even that, you know, I think, well, I got enough sorrow in my own life. Years back, um, I was in a place and they had these big, you know, they used to have these big, long, old photographs, like a thousand people or a hundred people in them. And these were the holiness conventions back in the 40s. And I looked at those pictures and I thought, here's hundreds of people claiming to follow Jesus. And they were. And it was, you know, holy people that was said, the holiness convention. I mean, that, that's pretty heavy in itself. And I looked, and there was only about one or two people that were smiling. All the rest were. And I just thought, who wants to join that club? <laughs> is this what holiness is about? Is this what it means to follow Jesus? The grumpy club? I don't think I'm going to join that one. Maybe I'll go join the Baptist or something. <laughs> Grumpiness, I'll say this, grumpiness is not biblical. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to bring us grumpiness. The Holy Spirit in us is not exuding grumpiness. 
The Holy Spirit in us wants to flow like a river, and it's a stream. It's like a fountain of joy, the joy of the Lord. Nowhere in the Bible does it say the grumpiness in this world is your strength. You know, I, I, I'll end here real soon. I often, I'm just saying this, you could ask my wife, Karen. I often walk through the house and I would just start laughing. <laughs> and she'll say, what's so funny? And I would say, nothing. <laughs> I do, it's just the joy of the Lord. And I'm finding if you walk in His presence and His Spirit and you call out to Him and, you, and you're living that life, the joy of the Lord, but you've got to expect it and want it too and realize that God is saying, this is what I have for you. The joy is mine and I've given it to you. Don't let it be the first thing you throw out when something happens. And, and a lot of times we can lose the joy because we come to church and we're looking for love which is all right. But I would say the joy comes when we come to church and we're looking, where can I give love? We, we, we think I come to church for, for a blessing, but really the joy comes when we come to church and we're thinking, how can I bless those around me? This is what I pray every day when I go out of the house and especially when I go to church. I, I pray this, Lord, help me to be your blessing to everyone I see today. Help me to love them like you love them. Help me to encourage them. Help me to bless them like you want to bless them. And I tell you this, I, I am living a life in joy. I'm not making it up. It, and, and it comes because it's not the me book anymore. I threw that wall away. You, you know, it, it's, it's God's life through me. That, that's what he wants. Oh, like a river, and he watches my back. I've probably been rambling on here quite a while, have I? Yes. You, you know, can I, can I tell one story? And then, and then we'll pray. I, 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 oh, dear Lord, do your thing, Lord. Do your thing. Um, I, I went to this big Christian conference in, in California a few years ago. And, uh, and, and then a few of us went to eat in town, you know, and then the, then the person who gave us a ride couldn't stay. He was going on, but he said, I ordered an Uber for you to come pick you up. Hey, do you all know what an Uber is? It's kind of a taxi thing. I never heard of an Uber, right? I'm probably a troglodyte. I never heard of an Uber, but, but this was Paul, and, and Paul, Paul said, I, I've ordered an Uber for you, and, and the driver's name is Jose. He's coming to pick you up. Well, when he said that, I thought, oh, Paul has a friend named Jose who's coming to pick us up. And, that, and that's what was in my mind. So, so I get in the front seat next to Jose, and the two friends were in the back. And while I was in the car, I started a conversation with Jose. And I said, well, it's good to see you, Jose. Boy, it's really nice that you're giving us a ride. We're, we're so grateful and thankful that you would come and do that for us. And then I said, how do you know Paul? Because Paul called him. And he goes, I don't know any Paul. He's probably wonder what planet I'm on. I am not of this world. <laughs> what, what, planet, what, what planet are you? But, but, uh, 
but I, I said, I said, I said, you, you know Paul. Paul's the one that phoned you, and you, your friend Paul. And he says, I don't know any Paul. And, and then he says, at this time, the two friends in the back are kind of, I'm not an idiot, you know, <laughs> an Egypt as a rocker. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but I, I, I said, I said, said, how do you know Paul? And he says, I don't know any Paul, but, but I did read about Paul in the Bible. And th then I said, said, oh, are you a Christian man? And, and, he, and he says, no, but I read the Bible now and then. But he said, I have a lot of questions. And, th and then on the way, way to, to the church where he was driving us, he, um, I started answering a lot of the questions he had about the Bible. And we pull up and he says, oh, I've driven people here before. And I said, oh, have you ever been inside? And he says, he says, no, I've never been in. Is it free? And I said, oh, yeah, it's free. And you'll probably find a lot of answers to your questions here. And the people would just love you. You ought to come on Sunday. He says, what time does the service start? And I told him, you know, 10 o'clock. He said, I think I'll come this Sunday. <laughs> And my people in the back seat were just falling out the door at that time, you know. But that was the whole thing. But what I am saying about that is you should just walk with God. He watches your back. And even in your most stupid, crazy things, he turns it for good. And that guy ended up coming to church because of my stupid questions. And I'm just thinking, and I could have been embarrassed at that. But, but I'm beyond embarrassment anymore. <laughs> I, I, I was just laughing with them. I just saying, hey man, let it happen, Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to live in this way. So throw that meat book out. Throw those wallets and purses in the collection plate with the pen numbers. No, I, I, I'm teasing you. Let's pray. Wait a minute, before we do, let's just do it one more. Let's say the name. One, two, three. Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are so good to us. Better than, than what we realize, Lord. And you have given us the riches of heaven and everything that pertains unto life and godliness. And you do not withhold your joy. May it erupt from our hearts, Lord, even in our darkest times like Paul and Silas, Lord Jesus Christ. Help us not to surrender joy. It's the first thing the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy is your joy because he knows if he gets that, he takes your strength from you. And Lord, we just pray that we will not be those that surrender anything to the enemy or this world, but we will live in you, by you, and our resources are from above and not this earth. 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We thank you, Father, for this time, in Jesus' name.